Hello and welcome back to Diaries of a Dog Trainer. I am Heather Thomas and I am your host. I am a CCAB registered behaviourist and I've been working with dogs for two decades now. Um, I started my journey in the industry in 2005 at just 19 years old where I set up my first ever dog walking company. I've decided to do some podcasting to try and get some really decent, good quality information out to people about how to train their dogs and about their behaviour. Um, the idea is that we focus on one book every single month and I will do a pod every single week which delves into the depths of the, that book and what I've read. Um, I really would love for you guys to get lots of gems out of this so I will be uh, talking about my own experiences and bring some other little bits into it and I probably will likely to be, to be going off piece on, on many occasions don't worry I will always come back to the book and I will always focus back in um, if you would like to know more about me or you have any questions please feel free to find me on Facebook find me on Instagram and my website address is www.heather-thomas.co.uk Welcome back everybody. So this month we are reading through Easy Peasy Puppy Squeezy by Steve Mann. And for those of you that haven't listened to the first two episodes, please go do that. But... Um, Steve Mann is pivotal in my career. He definitely um, enabled me to figure out exactly what I, which direction I wanted to go in right in the very beginning. And um, he has an excellent way of breaking down um, bits of information into lovely little chunky nuggets. Uh, so they're, it's accessible for everybody. So um, this week we are looking at chapter 11, through to chapter 16 and um, there's a common theme in this uh, side of the book it's, it's all about training um, different ways of training and every trainer has a different way to train everything as well um, so it's always quite cool to like read up and see what other people are suggesting to do um, and taking some some shiny bits away and, and making it your own so in this uh, next few chapters, Steve goes through uh, jumping up, a reflex to name, eye contact, loose lead uh, training, recall training and target training as well. All really good um, things that you need to teach your puppy right from the off. Um, there are other books that we're going to do going down the, the road um, of podding and I think that we'll see lots of other things and little nuggets you can add into those puppy training uh, bits as well. So um, chapter 11 then, we're looking at jumping up. I mean puppies jump. They jump all the time, don't they? And um, we stupidly encourage them jumping because they are so cute and we need to we need to stroke them and touch them. And, you know, I'm guilty of it, uh, just like everybody else. So really important thing is that we, we don't tell them off if they're jumping up because that actually could make it a bit more... Because it's gonna, you're going to lose your bond with your dog, but also that could potentially be some form of reinforcement as well. Um if you're telling them off so jumping up simples ask them to sit instead give them something else to do steve says in his book mutually exclusive behavior it's a common uh, phrase amongst us trainers 
<coughs> give them excuse me give them something else to do uh, instead um, what I really love about Steve's book is that he has um, case studies at the back which is great and on a couple of levels I remember somebody saying during my MSc possibly Daniel Mills uh, one of my lecturers that if you can end a bit of information with a story it's like more likely to go into your brain so um keep that in your mind if you can <laughs> tell people a story after you've given them really heavy brain powered uh, information they're more likely to remember it but the case studies are great because it enables us to to have a little look and see how how things can be done and how things can be changed as well so make sure you're having a good read of those um I, I love a little case study. I often do case study uh, groups with other with my peers. Um, it's good to share cases. It's good to talk about them. It's good to get other people's opinions on them. And it's what helps us grow and learn, essentially. So chapter 12, reflex the name. What does that mean? Why do, why do we want to, to teach a reflex name? I mean, if right from the beginning, we're going to say their name. <clears throat> But we want them to be looking back at us when we say it. We want them to listen to us. We want them to understand what we're saying to them. The problem with reflex to name is that you can you can almost diminish their name a little bit because you're using it in the wrong context quite often. Um, it's like for a recall, for example, and the dog may, may end up not recalling. So... Um, be careful of its overuse their name don't use their name for every single behavior you want them to do that can make things tricky and actually be not beneficial chapter 13 talks about eye contact uh, I call it watch me so we quite often use watch me techniques when we are rehabbing a dog because I want them to pay more attention to owner um, and I want to redirect them onto something else instead it's a real foundational behavior and, and important that, that every dog uh, understands that if you need them to look at them for more directions or something like that then then they need to look at you uh, I train it in a very similar way to Steve although I don't um, necessarily hold my hand out towards the dog and allow them to lick my hand a couple of reasons for this but you know i'm not saying it's one size fits all we spoke about things being individual but one reason is i, I had done that in the past and i had a particularly grabby puppy that would bite me quite hard remember puppy teeth pin teeth yeah quite sore so it would bite me quite hard and actually i ended up with a couple of um scars from it so i, I stopped doing it at that point I stopped recommending it i i actually um tend to have food in my hand clenched fist and then just put my arm out to the side the dog knows you've got food in there as long as you show them it beforehand and it's out of the way um obviously that this could then um they might want to jump up at you so it's, it's you know there's no foolproof plan here so some dogs might still try and jump but just as long as you are getting the right behaviors and you're reinforcing the right behaviors then you you should really get a, a decent eye contact with that um I use eye contact a lot when I'm working dog-to-dog -dog cases because I want the dog to switch off of a dog onto their owner often. So um, we really drum and drill that in for a period of time uh, at home first and then out on walks and then in the presence of other dogs um, just so we can get a much better uh, 
feedback and reinforcement loop going when they see another dog. I really like these little um, summaries and I, I think with this book you could easily say right you've got this puppy and every week you do a chapter so every week you focus on something so those last three things that we just talked about the jumping up the reflex to name and the eye contact you could literally focus on eye contact for a solid week then focus on reflex to name for a solid week then focus on jumping up for a solid week and then go back to them again um, and just proof the behavior a little bit so the next few um, chapters again they are based around training your dog to do something uh, we've got loose lead recall and nose target so let's talk a bit about loose lead I train this um, in, in various ways depending on the pup um, depending on owner depending on multiple factors breed you know all that kind of stuff so let's talk about my dogs individually if I was going to train them or how I've trained them actually would be the better um, descriptor of that. I have the two retrievers and the sausage dog, Wilma. And I trained Lucy, Lucy, right from the beginning uh, while she was on a lead. Uh, well, it was a busy humdrum of getting the kids to school and all that kind of stuff. And actually she is the worst dog I think I've ever had at pulling. Um, there was a period of time where I couldn't walk dogs and, and, uh, and various things was happening. So I just didn't have time to like sort out the training and, and not, not let her pull. So as soon as you have taken one step forward and your dog's pulling you on a lead, you've reinforced that behavior. So it's such a difficult thing to teach. And I, I genuinely mean it when I say, this is the hardest thing you will ever teach your dog. It really is, particularly if they've had lots of reinforcement history for pulling. So what I did with um, Wilma was slightly different. So I worked her on lead and off lead uh, well, when she was younger. She hasn't really ever pulled too much unless she's in the woods and wants to find squirrels or stuff like that. Um, what A little handy tip for you guys that have got smaller dogs or um, sausage dogs, for example, is for you to use a wooden spoon with a bit of something lickable like cheese or soft cheese or something like that on it so you don't have to keep reaching down and bending down because it is a bit of a backbreaker. So with Lilo, uh, the youngest of my little tribe who is now 11 months old, she's Lucy's daughter uh, from her last litter. <clears throat> She, I taught her very different because I didn't want two pulling retrievers because then, uh, you know, that's not, not fun for anybody. So I taught her a, a keyword place. Um, so she's to walk by my side and she only gets her food delivered there whenever we're out on walks. And do you know what? That dog never pulls, ever. So I would be, go as far as saying, put that on your list. So break it down a little bit with a loose sleeve. So what I did is I literally had my hand by my side. So imagine that I'm stood up with my hands um, down and that one, one of my hands is Velcroed to my side. It did not move. Um, you'll be amazed at how much you actually move your hands about um, and how that can hinder this, this protocol. Um, and every time I was out in the garden with her, I'd kind of encourage her to come near to me or stand near to me. As soon as she was in the correct place, which is her nose basically at the back of my um, 
my leg, I would then say, I would say place and I'd give her a treat. Place, give her a treat, place. I just repetitively did that a lot over a period of maybe two weeks. Um, and then I started to introduce it on walks, but mainly when we were walking on straight paths, like toe paths, there was no distractions, you know, all that kind of stuff. And she started to learn and associate the word place with being next to me. And she subsequently has never ever pulled me. I'm damn sure it's because that's how that I trained her that right from the off. So those of you with puppies out there, I would totally recommend, particularly the bigger pups, totally recommend doing this training. It will pay you back in the future when they are bigger and they are stronger. Um, like I said, it's a really difficult one to teach. Those of you that are struggling with loose lead, get on top of it sooner rather than later. That reinforcement history is going to make it harder if you don't. So find yourself a good trainer, good dog behaviourist in the local area that can help you sort it out before they become too reinforced for pulling. So the next chapter is all about the recall. And, you know, it's so super important to teach your dog a recall. You need to be able to let them off lead. They also need to know they have to come back when you ask them to. So um, safety reasons, I always say use a long lead to start with, but also it prevents them from being able to run off and then be reinforced for it. I think the major problem that I always come up with um, with customers and their dogs with, with lack of recall is that they've poisoned the recall. And what we mean by that is that they've overused the cue, so the Fido come or Fido, whatever it is that they use, they've overused it so much that it just becomes like a drone in the background that the dog hears. Or they start to learn and get reinforced by the fact that you go Fido come, Fido come, Fido come. And then when they hear that really angry Fido come, they go, oh, I better go back now. That's my, that's my cue. So even the tone and the pitch of what we're saying can have a massive effect on the dog's um, response to your cue. So think about it. The other thing that we need to remember is that everybody in the household must be using the same cues. If you're not, it just doesn't work. It's gonna be so confusing for that dog. So always think, what is your recall cue? And I always just, mine is just come on some type, because I have multiple dogs, Sometimes I'll have to say, Lucy, come. But if they're all like together and they're all miles away, then I'll just use the word. And the dogs know it's a very high pitch. Like so I kind of go, come. That's my kind of high pitched. I'm surprised the dogs didn't all come running. They did not. Um, but that's my normal recall cue. And the dogs know that that's my recall cue because it's such a high pitched one. I try and trying to be a bit different plus it's quite loud um i also do use a whistle with lucy so those of you that don't want to shout you could also have that option of a whistle but to train this really effectively you need to start in your house you can play a game of puppy ping pong as steve says and you can you can do recall triangles you know all those sorts of things great fun um you can play games with them after at the end as well so when they come back to you have a little game and play time with them then then you can you know keep repeating it and then start doing it outside where there's more distractions and i mean in your garden or somewhere close by to your home and then you start to do it in an environment that's going to be much more tricky and that is when you need this long line because if they start to learn they can just ignore you outside then that is going to be reinforcing it so just put the long line on the floor, stand on it, let them go to the end of it, call them back, practice, practice, practice. 
Um, the quicker they come back, the higher the value of reward, which is what I do. Um, and they soon, soon start to learn to come back quite quickly. And the last chapter that we are going to uh, just delve into now is teaching a nose target. Um, I love that. It's a, such a cool thing to be able to teach your puppy. Uh, also, it builds like a, a decent association with hands going towards pups. You know, pup, puppy's first experience of hands going towards them probably isn't that great. Um, not from the breeder's point of view, but I mean, when when they go to the vets and stuff like that, I mean, handling can be a problem with young puppies. Uh, so, you know, make sure that they love hands and they don't find hands a problem. Imagine if your puppy got away and you need some stranger to, to kind of pick them up or whatever, then they need to be friendly with hands. Um, so what you need to do is just literally have a treat in your hand and, um, pop it out to the side and basically, I mean, I call this touch, but you just basically let the puppy touch your hand. This can also be a great foundation and leads on really nicely from the recall because if your dog is not recalling or you have a recall cue issue, you could then use touch as a stopgap. I use touch or nose targets for redirection so if i've got a dog that's staring off another dog i can use that for a redirection if i want the dog to walk a different way i might use a, a hand target to kind of show the which way i want him to go um, and all those sorts of things and if you can get your puppy doing it now at this age you know you're on for a win when they're older um definite win so um that pretty much summarizes up those next few chapters that we have gone through this week i um i'm gonna just ramble on about some of my work that i've done so i've been working with this collie uh, called goose for a while now he came through a behavioral with me first off and now we're working through some training and it's it, it kind of this, this reminded me of him reading back through these things because uh, he has an issue with um, not uh, complying with his owners when he's in presence of a dog. Not that he's nasty with other dogs or anything like that. He just finds them so amazing and he gets super highly aroused by it that he just cannot focus. So we've done quite a lot of these like hand touch reflex to name things all those sorts of things in the presence of a safe dog so one of my dogs and I have a handler with me I can handle one of my dogs um we did some stuffy work with him which he really struggled with actually at first he would always run over to the stuffies straight off the bat and almost knock them over and and just be very um almost confrontational let's say and if he's doing that with other dogs he's likely to get a negative reaction back from those other dogs so we have been working at just getting attention to on owner when in the presence of a dog we started where we were literally across a massive field so the dog was that far away from him in the distance but he wouldn't focus if we weren't that distance away so we started like that and this week we have managed to get him within about two meters of a dog and still listening to his owners and we are week three now of doing this training so he is really coming on um so excellent excellent timing for these little training things but if you've already done these with your puppy it's so much easier to like get pull something out of your toolbox that you've taught them once before 
you can bring it back out again to help you overcome any problem behaviors. So that's my little chunky bit of what I've been doing uh, this week. And um, my little nugget to you would be try and keep as many things in your toolbox that you can from a young age so you can always access it at a later date. I uh, hope you've enjoyed this pod. And I will be back next week with the next uh, or the last couple of chapters from Steve's book. And I will announce what book I'm going to be looking at next. Um, If you have liked this pod, please rate, review, subscribe, um, all those things. And um, I'll see you again next week. Bye bye.